welcome to You Dive Deep, where we dive into a single question each week and navigate through this tough thing we call life. Come on, let's dive in. Hey, before we kick off the show, I just want to let everyone know that I actually started a brand new Discord community where we kind of host a lot of fun game nights. We play Jackbox party games among us and just kind of other fun games with the community. And we also have a ton of talented musicians that kind of jam out in the voice channels. And we actually have a lot of other kind of, I guess, sections for different type of hobbies that you want to show off. So I'll have the Discord link in the description of this show and things like that. And I hope to see you there. So with that out of the way, I just want to introduce our special guest for this episode, Amelia Rose. She's a super talented podcaster and has her own show called Sail on Me. We got introduced to each other on the podcasters community discord, and we've been developing a pretty nice friendship ever since. So I know that was kind of a mini overview of the special guest, but hey, Amelia, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yes, I am the host of Sail on Me. It's more of a lifestyle podcast, I guess, which that's my lazy way of categorizing it. So basically, I just talk about whatever I want to talk about. And yeah, and so I'm a college student currently, and I am entering my senior year. And yeah, if you want to get to know more about Amelia, like she said, her podcast has a really cool way of connecting you to her. She has a lot of great ways and a lot of fun stories that really kind of not only makes you understand Amelia a little bit more, but kind of makes you reflect on kind of the things that you're going along with. And the one thing I really enjoy about her podcast is I know like my podcasts tend to get really long, like, oh my gosh, got to listen to this. This is going to be like an hour long. But Amelia's are shorter. So it's really nice to just listen to whenever or pretty much anytime. It's really easily consumable and I definitely, definitely recommend it. And so I've been meaning to have Amelia Rose on here for quite a while, actually. And we actually started the conversation and she actually presented a perfect question for us to actually dive into. And I thought it would be so appropriate, especially with the timing, because we're heading towards the summertime. And Amelia, I wanted to ask you, what is nostalgia? All right. So I would say nostalgia is probably something, it's a way of looking back on the past in a sort of, I don't know, it's either a in through like rose colored glasses, or it could be very, I don't know, because I feel like sometimes people can look back on the past in a way that's unrealistic, or you can look back on it in a realistic way of like, this was actually just a really good time. Uh, So probably just appreciating the past is what I would categorize nostalgia as. I think that's definitely a great start. When you presented this topic to me at first, it was really polarizing because a lot of people know the concept of nostalgia. But when you really have to sit down and think, wait, what is nostalgia? It starts to get a little difficult. So I kind of dove into a little bit of research. And so I kind of wanted to throw two definitions at you. The first one, I'm not a big fan of. It's actually from Merriam-Webster. You would think that they would have a really good (laughs) definition, but their first definition is actually the state of being homesick which I didn't think was that strong. And then their second definition of it was a little bit better. It's a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit better, but it's still not that good. So then I went into a third definition, which I actually think is a lot, lot better. It's from the Oxford languages. And they simply just say it's a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. So I feel like third time was a charm for me. That one kind of stuck to me a little bit more. But what are your thoughts on kind of all these different definitions that I just kind of throw at you? 
Yeah, you're right. I like the last one the best, but I do feel like you can look back on a period of time that actually maybe wasn't even the best in your life, and you can look back on it with a sense of nostalgia, uh, depending on the people that were there at the time or the associations you have with other things. Like, you can have a good association with something in a time that was objectively bad in your life, but you still look on on it with a sense of nostalgia, which I think that's more of like romanticizing the past because sometimes you'll look back on something with nostalgia and think, oh, like that was so great and I wish I could go back to that feeling, but I would never go back to that time. I think you bring up a really good point. And I feel like all these kind of different type of definitions is kind of the perfect premise of why this question is so strong because even when you just look up a definition there was almost three completely different definitions and then you even added on top saying Mm -hmm. hey this is only kind of reflecting on just the positive parts but there could actually be times where it might have not been the most optimal situation but you still look back kind of romanticizing it like you mentioned before so before I guess we completely try to dive in exactly break down the definition what we believe it is how about we take one step back and say, hey, what are some things that are nostalgic to you? Okay, so some things nostalgic for me are the first thing I can think of is the Taylor Swift Fearless album. Like that re-recording just came out last month and listening back on that was the epitome of nostalgia because that's when I was first introduced to Taylor Swift, big fan of hers. And so just hearing those songs again, but in like this different point in my life, it made me kind of involuntarily go back to when I was eight and I was hearing Love Story for the first time. So that's nostalgic. I would say different people that might not be in my life anymore, but different experiences I've had with people can be really nostalgic. That's a big source of where nostalgia comes for me. Like you could say you have a friend that wasn't, you know, the friendship wasn't that great, but you miss having someone to text or you miss, you know, just hanging out. Even if ultimately it wasn't the best thing for you, you miss different aspects about it. Uh, So I'd say that's nostalgic. I would say most of my nostalgia revolves around people more than things. That is absolutely beautiful. And I feel like a lot of those things that you mentioned actually connects very strongly with kind of that nostalgia feel. I feel like music is perfect. And I know I had another Mm -hmm. podcast that specifically talked about music, but it's almost like the closest thing that we've gotten to a time machine, if you will. It really takes you back. There are a lot of songs Mm -hmm. I actually hear on the radio or maybe on my Spotify playlist where I listen to a song. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was literally the song that I would listen to in the summer in like 2014, all my road trips and things. And I'm taken back and that nostalgic feeling (laughs) comes. But for me, kind of like I kind of prefaced a little bit before, I feel like the summertime for me is super nostalgic. Like as an adult now, I'm going to be turning 29. So yeah, I guess I'm super old, but I know a lot of people are like, no, you're still young. But for me... Summer is honestly one of my least favorite seasons now because to me, I'm like, well, I work every single like I don't get summers off because I work like as an adult, quote unquote. And Mm -hmm. the summer just brings really hot humidity. The sun's awful. And the only times I'm really outside and this, I guess, is more of a reflection of how lazy I am. is like the only time I'm really outside is when I just like walk to my mailbox, I guess. And when it's like the summertime, like, oh, gosh, even that like four step walk outside is awful. But the nostalgia kicks in because my, I guess the way I romanticize it, like you mentioned before, of summertime. When I was a kid, there was no more school, Mm -hmm. no more homework, no responsibilities. Actually, my only responsibility was just leaving my parents alone. I just went outside, absorbed the warm sun 
son, played with friends, had pool parties, you know, 4th of July cook-offs and like, you know, riding your bike to the library, like all those little fun things. I'm like, oh man, in the summertime when I was a kid, my biggest worry was, oh man, when's the next kickball game or how can we get in touch with the kids in the other neighborhood whenever we want to do this or that? And that kind of feeling of being carefree, I think that to me is the crux of what nostalgia is because the one thing I wanted to mention that I was thinking of is the quote that I thought of at first when I tackled the whole nostalgia thing is I'm sure you heard many many people saying oh man things are worse nowadays or things were better back in the day what is your thoughts when you hear people say stuff like that Mm -hmm. I feel like They don't really have, well, A, they don't really know history that well. They're not taking it into account because people romanticize like the 40s. And I'm like, World War II was happening. And sure, movies and fashion back then were great. But really, you would want to live in the 40s, you know, or whatever. And so I feel like... I don't know. I feel like every time period has had its struggles. And I'm sure people in the 40s were saying, oh, like, you know, the 20s were better or whatever. Uh, so I just kind of feel like it's fine if you just, it's a throwaway comment. But some people actually live in the way that like, they're like, I totally believe I was supposed to be born in the 70s and I wasn't and I'm mad. I'm like, what? Like, enjoy your life now and don't worry about when you were born. I completely agree. I think that romanticizing the past is something that I feel like is becoming more and more apparent. And I feel like I'm not saying what they're saying is wrong, but I feel like they're more attached to the feeling of when they were more carefree. I mean, when I was a kid, of course, everything was better. Like in the I'm a 90s kid. And when I think of the 90s, I think of just how silly all the music was, you know, like uh, Chumba Wumba. I get knocked down. But I, and I, I just think of terrible music. The boy bands were up at an all-time <laughs> high with NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Tamagotchis, um, the Poochie pet dog thing. Like, there were so oh many gosh. fun things when I was growing up. I'm like, oh, man, times were way better then. But as an adult, I think back now, I'm like, no, 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 no. I wish I was a kid right now. Like, I wish I had an iPad when I was, like, eight years old. I wish I had, you know, good Wi-Fi, not mm-hmm. dial-up. It's just funny because I feel like when people think back in the past, that nostalgic feeling isn't connected to really how things were, but it's just your awareness of the world. When I was a kid, I wasn't thinking of politics. I wasn't thinking of what Mm -hmm. was going around the world with the climate and all that kind of stuff. I was just thinking, like I mentioned in the summertime, I was just thinking, how can I maximize my fun right now? Because nothing in the world is bothering me. And now that I'm older and life has a way of maturing you, now I'm more aware of everything. But It's kind. I think that's what nostalgia to me kind of is getting to the roots of just the fact of it was just those carefree days. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's we start to romanticize everything, but that's just because of our mindset at the time. So I feel like that's just an absolute great thing. And do you feel like kind of like you mentioned, people are almost feeling like, no, I'm going to live like I'm still in the 70s. I'm going to live that hippie life. And I'm like, hey, That's awesome. Living in 2020s right now, 2021 now, it gives you that opportunity. But if I were to be have the option of living in 2021 or being transported back to the 60s or 70s, hey, I mean, it would be really cool, but it would be like, hey, maybe just like a field trip. Maybe I'll live there for like a week of that time frame, but then I'm kind of out. Like I want to come back to now. So do you think that being romanticized and things like that, do you Mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of the crux of what nostalgia is kind of held up to? Yes. And it kind of depends on the way you take it because I 
I've heard of a lot about like romanticize your life or you know whatever and so people do that to the past and I feel like nostalgia is healthy when you're just looking back in the past like you said when you were a kid like looking back and be like oh that was such a good time but you actually can operate in the world you're living in in the present right now um and so that's a good healthy nostalgia but an unhealthy nostalgia is being bitter <laughs> that you're in the present when you're looking back at the past and that is something that kind of turns me off about nostalgia sometimes but I feel like having a healthy nostalgia is really great. Like even when we were in lockdown last year, uh, when March came around this year in 2021, everyone was like being nostalgic about lockdown. (laughs) And it was a horrible time, at least for me. I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I thought it was going to last two weeks, did not last two weeks. But people nevertheless were like romanticizing just being stuck at home. And I was like, it's fine, but it's also just so weird when you have lived through a situation that is not the best and is still going on. You're like, why are you romanticizing when that first started, you know? And so I just feel like that was something that took me off guard and that is maybe like an unhealthy nostalgia. One thing that you said immediately reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from my favorite show. People who know me know I'm a huge office nut. And one of my all-time favorite Mm -hmm. quotes from that show was from Andy Bernard. And he said, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. So I feel like a lot of the times with nostalgia, the way I almost kind of use it as a metaphor is it's really great to look through an album, right? From when you were little and be like, oh man, I remember that. Oh wait, this was my favorite popsicle or I love when the ice cream truck or blah, blah. It's really cool to just live in that moment. But then what you want to do is create more of those special moments for the future. But then getting stuck in the past mm-hmm. saying, no, no, I, I want to harbor this feeling i feel like that's kind of when you're starting to tread on some dangerous waters of saying hey why are you stunting yourself kind of like what that quote said let's create more of those great good old days Mm -hmm. if you will and so it's little moments like this where like you said nostalgia is a great great thing but it could also be demonized and one thing that i've been noticing that i'm sure you have too I feel like, or maybe it's always been the same thing, but ever since the song Thrift Shop came out, when Macklemore came out with that song, a lot of people been into thrifting. So a lot of retro, quote unquote, vintage kind of stuff are currently in. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking cynically as an adult. I always sit here thinking, wow, these companies are really being predatorial with this nostalgic feeling saying, hey, you should buy this now because you used to love it when you were little. So I feel like there's definitely that, I guess, dangerous side where the world kind of feeds on our affection for nostalgia, right? Yeah, it kind of feels like a money grab at some points. And like all of these reboot things that are happening, like I I get it, a few reboots happening, like there's the Friends like reunion and they haven't really done anything with Friends after it ended and it ended a while ago. So I was kind of like, okay, y'all have, you know, there's been enough space between the original and now this like reunion thing that is nostalgic and it's great. But then you have what did they remake? Gilmore Girls or something? And according to a lot of people, they kind of run it with the remakes and Disney's doing all of their remakes of like live action stuff that was animated. Oh, Disney is literally the perfect people that kind of prey on nostalgia. Yes. Like all these live action things that didn't, which I completely understand. They are classics, but some of the, you know, remakes, maybe it's just because I'm that old person. Oh, I grew up when, <laughs> you know, this movie first came out. Like, why are they remaking it? And 
a lot of the times I think I'm just being grumpy because there are a lot of people who've never seen the original and yeah. they don't maybe want to see the old cartoon or how it looks because it just looks old. So maybe their first experience is the brand new remake and then maybe they go back. So I guess there's a good thing. But in a way, a lot of the times, especially with Disney Plus, I feel like they're almost preying on people like, hey, yeah, you grew up with this. So now uh, here it is again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree because I feel like I wouldn't be as bitter about the live action movies um, if they were all as good as the live action Cinderella. I feel like the live action Cinderella was probably the only good live action remake from Disney. And then it all went downhill from there. <laughs> and so I'm like, why are you still making them like they're not doing as well? Or at least in my mind, they're not. I don't I haven't looked at like the box office ratings or any of that. But yeah, they've definitely I mean, to give them credit, they did make it, but they kind of stole it from like, you know, like the Grimm brothers and Hans Christian Andersen. So it's kind of like, you didn't totally make that, but you're making like tons of money off of it. But yeah, they're definitely kind of preying off of the nostalgic feelings that people are having. And I'm kind of like, oh, maybe you should just leave the original as the one and only original. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Disney's just sitting on a gold mine right now. Anytime they're like, oh, we're out of ideas. So let's just, uh, let's just remake Lion King, you know, let's just do that again, <laughs> because we know a billion people are going to watch and we're going to make a lot of money. Even if it's not good, we should do it because people will buy it. And what I know we're kind of focusing on the negative side of nostalgia, but now let me play the other side. Pixar. I want to give some hats off to Pixar because I grew up watching, you know, Toy Story and all these kind of mm -hmm. awesome kind of movies. And one thing that hit me just right was Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. came out in 2001. I think I was only like nine years old when that came out and I watched it and I watched it like 50 times. I had the VHS. It was actually blue, which I thought was the coolest thing, but it was just a lot of fun. And then as I got older and older, Monsters University came out. Monsters University literally came out 12 years later. I was essentially in college when Monsters University came out. So I thought it was so cool because Monsters University, for people who don't know, it's kind of a prequel that kind of shows how Mike and Sully became mm -hmm. friends. But the whole premise of it is they're going to college. So I grew up when I was a little kid, Monsters Inc. came out. And then when I was in college, this movie that was so nostalgic to me shows me when they went to college. And I was like, oh my gosh. Not only is this an original <laughs> concept, I guess, but you could call it a reboot, you could call it a sequel, a prequel, whatever. But to me, that little kid in me said, you're telling me I can watch one of my favorite movies when I was growing up and now I get to watch it again when I'm in college, but now they're going through college. Like that kind of nostalgia just hit just right. And when I heard this question, I said, this is how it was done so right to the point where I absolutely loved it. What are some, at least in your take, where nostalgia is almost used in a good way? Yeah, I definitely think that the Monsters University, they did that so well. They It was really well executed. It felt very true to the original. I'm trying to think of other things too, because right now a lot of, I guess even fashion trends have slowly been coming back mm -hmm. like I know at one point jellies were trying to come back and I was like yo this is just not a good <laughs> idea but uh my wife she's been getting really into like the hair scrunchies and I know those oh, are like huge yeah. in the 90s and I'm not saying they're making a comeback but I have seen it a little bit more in public I was like oh that's kind of cool I mean like I know a lot of things are like time is a flat circle people so everything is cyclical so fashion will always come back and go away and things like that so I feel like I guess that's another little moment where I'm not saying that's nostalgia in a good way but it's like 
hey, that's kind of cool. It's almost like a nod to the past, if you will. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's not been that long since the 90s, but I kind of feel like the kind of minimalism of the 90s is coming back in a way, like like jeans and just a white shirt. You know, that's something that you would have seen on like Friends or something. I'm just mentioning the same stuff ever again, but you know, that's something that Monica would have worn on Friends and people are walking around in that and just having just a different fashion trend of the 90s are kind of coming back. And some of it's not that great, but some of it is good. I really like uh, the fashion of the 90s. I think it's great. So a lot of people hold different things that are nostalgic to them because everyone's childhood and everyone's past is a little bit different. Do you have anything yourself that you feel like, oh, this is uniquely nostalgic for me? Well, I think probably like I mentioned before, like different people being uniquely nostalgic to me because they're like my people. Uh, So yeah, I have you know, like my grandma, Mm -hmm. she died when I was younger and we lived with her for a while. And so that time with her is very nostalgic because A, it's something I can't even get back and B, it's something that I grew up with. And, you know, in like kind of a beautiful childish way, I kind of took for granted, but just being able to look back on it, just being like, wow, you know, those times with grandma were great. So um, I feel like something is truly nostalgic if it's kind of frozen in time and you can't necessarily go back to it. You just remember it. I agree. I feel like you could try your best to recreate whatever that nostalgic feeling is. And I'm not saying you won't be satisfied when you attempt to recreate it, but it's just not the same. And I don't mean that in a negative way. So it's like watching home videos. Um, My sister used to do that all the time. So I kind of like have them memorized like unintentionally. But um, like watching home videos, that kind of brings you back and it's nostalgic, whatever, seeing pictures. I love that stuff. And I actually love nostalgia, even though like for the first like half of this recording, we've talked about the negative things and nostalgia, but I, I'm a pretty nostalgic person. And so, you know, watching him videos and seeing old photos, I love that stuff. I absolutely love going back and being like, and hearing stories from my parents. I feel nostalgia for stuff that they said they've done in their lives or stuff I wasn't even born yet. I'm like, oh my gosh, that must have been like so nice or whatever. And I wasn't even born. So it's like, I feel this like fondness for the past of like my family and stories I've heard and then things that I experienced when I was like a tiny person. So um, I do feel like home videos and photos those are pretty unique in that they really actually can kind of bring you back. But as far as actually experiencing something again, you probably won't end up experiencing something from real life again. I think we're definitely getting closer and closer to the root of what we believe nostalgia is. It's like that feeling of that time, frozen in time, whatever it was. It's that special mm-hmm. feeling that's attached to those memories. Maybe it's not that memory specifically, but it's whatever your mindset, emotions, feelings, just the smells, the sights, all of it can transform and kind of translate to what nostalgia is. One example I like to use is when I was growing up, My dad and I, we would go fishing all the time. It was like something that we did. I didn't have a really good relationship with my father. And I don't mean that negatively. I just mean like there was a language barrier. He didn't really know how to take on that fatherly role, but he did make an attempt to go Mm -hmm. fishing with me. And so I remember we would wake up at like three in the morning, get in the car, drive all the way to New Jersey. And then we'd be fishing off a pier until the sun comes down. We would come home. And as a kid, I honestly did not like it. (laughs) I mean, as a kid, you wake up super early it's in the (laughs) summer so you miss a day with all your friends you go all the way and you just sit in a pier and that's it and fishing isn't the most stimulating thing for a child so I would bring like a game boy or something like that I'm like oh my god this is terrible but looking back as much as I hated it 
I also low-key loved it. There are little moments during this fishing trip that I always remember. Like, my dad's favorite chip. Every single time mm-hmm. we go fishing, he would always buy sun chips, the uh, French onion sun chips. He would eat it all the time, and so that means I would eat it because we would get, like, the family pack. So it sounds so dumb, but whenever I'm in the grocery store and I see the sun chips, I have a little bit of a smile. I'm just like, that's what we would always eat when I would go fishing, of mm-hmm. course, sometimes. You know, if there's a sale, like, two for five, I would grab a couple, put it in my cart, and say, hey, I'm going to snack on this. And... <laughs> You know, I can go fishing by myself or with my wife or with my friends, bring some sun chips to kind of, you know, a nod to the past, but it won't replicate that feeling that I had. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool because these little nostalgic moments, I feel like formed a little bit of my personality. And like now I have specific reasons, when you know, as dumb as maybe picking a snack food. Yeah. Oh, what's your favorite chip? Oh, this might sound really weird, but can we get some sun chips? And people be like, oh, that's weird. But to me, that's something that I kind of hold true and it makes me smile and it's not something that I'm demonizing or overly romanticizing Mm -hmm. saying oh it's the best chip ever no by all means there might be better chips out there but for me it has a special place in my heart and I feel like that's what nostalgia and kind of does right it kind of molds your personality a little bit and I think that's one point that you kind of mentioned early in the podcast there's that fine line of letting it consume you like I could just be like the biggest sun chip ambassador now go fishing every single Mm -hmm. weekend to try to replicate that little feeling I had in my childhood but no I'm just like no 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 it's just something I enjoy because you know it's that little nice memory and things like that yeah and like I feel like that shows a sense of maturity of like I can look back and think of something with a certain fondness but I feel complete in my life right now where I don't need to go back and like obsessively try and recreate that um and that is kind of for me the time you were talking about summer being super nostalgic and the time that's really nostalgic for me is Christmas and I feel like that's pretty basic of people and most people get kind of nostalgic around Christmas time but yeah I definitely get nostalgic around Christmas and just because I do doesn't mean that there's one specific Christmas that I want to like recreate it's just the general you're saying like sights smells sounds all of that it's the general feeling of Christmas and so I don't feel the need to go back and recreate this like one awesome Christmas that I had I just I'm like oh yeah like this is a nice time and not something that I need to take over and make a certain way I think you just uncovered a huge huge, huge rabbit hole that I am jumping in immediately. (laughs) So right now I'm at the point in my life where my wife and I were thinking about starting a family. And I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. nostalgia, and I know this is going to sound negative, almost can be created for my kids in the future. Like you said, Christmas is a huge nostalgic moment for you. Uh, You have all these Mm -hmm. moments, I'm sure, that uh, have happened during Christmas. And so I feel like nostalgia and tradition I'm not saying go hand in hand, but helps create each other, right? So a lot of the times with different families, they might have specific traditions. Like with my wife, they have a tradition right around Easter where they get each other these Easter baskets. And it's like the most elaborate Easter baskets ever. Normally, you would think it would only have like candy and stuff. But my mother-in-law gives us like, um, they get like gift cards. There's DVDs in there, a t-shirt. I'm like, yo, is this like a second? This is crazy to me. But for my wife, I can't just be like, can you just tell your mom she doesn't need to get that? Like, we're 30 years old almost. Like, she doesn't need to do it. But I know to my wife, it's not the gift basket. It's that nostalgic tradition that always has been in her life. And another tradition during Mm -hmm. Christmas is... Uh, My wife also gets an ornament from um, her mom every single year. And I remember one year 
she didn't get one because, you know, ornaments gets pretty expensive on top of, you know, all the other gifts we're getting and stuff. And so uh, her mom was like, oh, OK, I'm not going to get it this year. And my, I'm not saying my wife threw a fit. She was like, what? You're not getting it. This is like we got it every year since I was like eight years old and you're stopping. Like, how dare you? And so I and I know I'm picking on her, but it's all with love. I think it's just funny because it's these traditions that all these family have. But I feel like that's what nostalgia ultimately becomes. So my question to you is, do you think you could almost create nostalgia for your kids or for other people? Yeah, totally. You can either pass on a tradition that's nostalgic for you, like the ornament thing. When you and your wife have kids, you could totally start the ornament thing in your family. And that would be something that would probably be doubly nostalgic because it's her nostalgia and then you'll make it your child's nostalgia. Um, So it's just like through, you know, the generations and whatever, it makes it even more special. Or say your wife didn't like <laughs> the ornament thing, you could start your own traditions. And, you know, if you have a specific like I know my family normally has this like breakfast casserole on Christmas morning and so we did that for years and then I don't know why but oh, hold on hold on you can't you can't just gloss over a breakfast casserole what was in this casserole I'm interested I don't really okay I think it was like I don't know I really don't know there was like eggs and sausage and <laughs> it just tastes like delicious yeah, it was memories great. is what you're thinking and then for like one year we ended up doing these like breakfast sliders and um you know the sister schubert's rolls oh yeah yeah so we uh cut those in half and it was something you can make ahead so it was really nice so we cut it in half and put like i think like a sausage patty and some eggs and they're ridiculously filling like we did not realize and then like the first time we had it we're like oh my gosh but that kind of became our new tradition and that's something that we look forward to we're like now like oh the sliders and like i feel bad for the breakfast casserole but you know it's something that we created again and then it's now become a tradition and this was in the past two or three years so it's pretty new but it, we were immediately like yes we like this we're doing this every year so that's amazing I feel like some things that are almost even more powerful than these traditions because to me traditions are I'm not saying force but you create them you you do it annually because you want something special to look forward to I feel like something that's stronger than that mm -hmm. is what I would call passive nostalgia what I mean by passive nostalgia I already gave an example like my dad buying sun chips every time we would go to fishing it's not something that he thought saying oh this is going to be nostalgic for Tommy when he gets older he's gonna think about it it's like these little traits that I picked up it's almost like a specific perfume or a smell that brings you back saying oh this reminds me of my mm -hmm. parents house or my friend's house it's almost it's kind of cool to think like if I have kids yeah there are going to be traditions that I have but they're going to be like oh man my dad always did this or Oh, this was his favorite thing. And it's not something mm -hmm. I'm deliberately like telling my kids saying, hey, this is my favorite cologne or hey, this is my favorite snack or side dish to eat. It's almost they'll grow up and they'll think about being like, oh, that reminds me of my dad. That's so nostalgic. And I feel like it's that right there, that special moment, the happy go lucky, just living in the moment. And whenever you just think of just it could be anything as simple as sun chips or it could be a casserole or it could honestly be just anything in general. It, it's so passive where it just transports you back to that moment. And I feel like that's kind of the magic of nostalgia as much as I guess the 
capitalistic world, I guess, trying to capitalize on this nostalgia feeling being, hey, don't you want Jenko mm-hmm. jeans again? Let's bring those back. Or, hey, like Disney, hey, don't you love Cinderella? Here's another Cinderella. And I know eventually in my lifetime, I'm sure maybe not, depending on what J.K. Rowling, I don't really follow Harry Potter much, but whenever they reboot Harry Potter, which I'm sure will be in the future at some point because they're sitting on a, a huge fortune, whenever that happens, I'm going to be sitting here and be like, oh, I have high expectations right now. This is like, I know I'll be the first person buying those tickets. It's going to be crazy. So I feel mm-hmm. like there are different ways to almost force nostalgia, but it's almost as passive. It just it just happens. Sometimes you can't force it because people like me will be like, oh, this is just a money grab. They're just doing it. Whereas sometimes it just happens, you know, and I feel like that's kind of the beauty of it. And uh-huh. do you have any of these moments of this passive nostalgia that you picked up saying, oh, yeah, this is a really strong feeling that I have? Yeah, I think that a lot of times in my family, if something funny happens, that will kind of become a source of nostalgia because it's not forced. It's not something that someone was trying to do. But even just like little moments are nostalgic. I'm trying to think of some, but oh, I know my grandpa used to get this pistachio ice cream at this local ice cream shop that we have and that local Ooh. ice cream shop is um it's been around forever and it's like family owned it's really cute and so that in itself is nostalgic but then uh, my grandpa used to get this pistachio ice cream and i think we even have like you know, a picture somewhere of him eating pistachio ice cream. And so anytime, even if it's not that shop, if we're in the store and we see pistachio ice cream, even if we don't get it, we'll just have this little smile, like you said about the sun chips. We'll just be like, oh, like grandpa would have loved that or whatever, or even just pistachios, not even just ice cream. We'll just be like, oh, like grandpa, you know? And that's not, he's not like going out and being like, I'm going to be known as the pistachio guy. He just (laughs) got it. And that's something that we thought was like sweet. And so now we think of him. Uh, And so I feel like that's something that was not forced. I feel like you can even make someone's personality traits be nostalgic uh, if they don't like a certain thing or if they do like a certain thing. It'll just, especially when they're gone, you'll remember them by something they liked or didn't like or said or, you know, something like that. So I feel like the things that are just natural are the things that are more nostalgic. Whereas if, like you were saying, if it's if it happens, it happens. But if it's forced, everyone looks down on it and it's like, this is not nostalgic. This is a money grab. Yeah, I think there's definitely that fine line of what happens. It's almost like you just mentioned these little personality traits. And it once again, it just transports you into a specific memory. But it's not just the memory that's nostalgic. It's how you felt in mm-hmm. that moment. I feel like that's kind of what separates it. I have a good example of like the forced versus not forced. If Taylor Swift were to re-record her albums just because, I would be like, why? Like, this is forced. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. But she wants to own her master's. So her re-recording her albums now, it doesn't seem like a money grab. It seems like she wants to own her art. And so it feels a lot less, like it feels a lot more nostalgic. It's just something that she was kind of like brought into. And she's like, well, if I want to own this stuff, I have to re-record. And so that versus just re-recording for the sake of it, for like, you know, to just sell another album, it's kind of like, that's the difference. I would probably view it as way less nostalgic if she just did it because she wanted to. Um, whereas it feels like now she has to in order to own it. So that was an example. Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. No, I completely agree. I feel like if it was like, oh, it's the 10 year anniversary of Fearless. So I am going to remaster it and re-record mm-hmm. and release it. I would sit here and be like, Emily, you are not buying that album. I am not <laughs> letting you get that. And obviously that has not been the case. If people who haven't been following, there has been a huge, you know, uh, fallout with Scooter and uh, owning rights and all blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Taylor essentially needed to re-record 
her entire Fearless album to actually own it. It's like the dumbest thing, but that's just, I guess, how the music industry works. She doesn't own what she Mm -hmm. makes. Like, that's dumb, but whatever. It was in the contract. So she was essentially forced to remake it. And I was super interested, A, because, I mean, it's Taylor Swift. Uh, You could judge me for all you want. I love Taylor Swift. I think her music's great, and she's a pretty awesome person, too. So judge me for what you will. But I was interested, not because it was Taylor Swift, but I was more interested to be like, wait, how is she going to make that magic again is she getting the same instruments is she gonna play it the same like what's mm-hmm. happening and when i listened to everything uh the re-recordings of it was so cool she was able to capture that same magic that nostalgic feeling when i was listening to it for the first time and still having a little bit of a flair and i was like oh this is this is pretty cool so i feel like that's almost a mm-hmm. that's like a perfect example of what nostalgia can do and our perception of it it, when it's forced or it's just something that kind of has occurred. So I think the mindset of how you accept the nostalgia completely changes the perception of how it's going to impact you and things like that. So I know we were kind of jumping all over the place between good, bad, passive, forced, and then trying to figure out all these definitions. Even Merriam-Webster struggles trying to define what nostalgia is. So I want to go full circle, Amelia, and put you on the spot saying, with this conversation that we've pretty much been having, how would you define what nostalgia is? I would probably say that nostalgia is, now I'm getting confused about past, passive and forced, because I don't feel like, I don't feel like nostalgia is Sometimes nostalgia isn't a intentional thing. You just see something and get a nostalgic feeling of like, oh, I remember when this played a part in a fond memory or in a good part of my life, um, like the pistachios and the sun chips and whatever. So I would say it's just something or someone that evokes a feeling of longing or happiness in your life. I agree. I think the way I would break it down is kind of like what we were mentioning. It's not just the memory, but it's the emotions and how you felt in that specific Mm -hmm. moment that kind of transports you back. I feel like that's what nostalgia is. And it's just something that is just so natural where, yes, you can force it to an extent, but it's the passive ones. It's the pistachio ice cream. It's the sun-kissed chips. It's those are the ones that we hold on to saying, oh, that is truly nostalgic to me, even though it might not be for other people. But to me, it holds a special place and it's endearing. And I feel like that's kind of what starts to separate it and things like that. And I feel like that's kind of the beauty of it. And I know one joke I always make is I'm a big sports fan but I am not a big baseball fan nothing against baseball but to me I just can't get into it and I always joke around saying baseball's greatest asset is nostalgia people love it because maybe their mom and dad took them to watch baseball games and that's why they all of a sudden always love it of course I'm joking and I don't mean to get people upset but that's kind of my terrible anecdote on kind of what nostalgia can do for you and things like that. So with that kind of coming to a wrap, I always like to ask an additional question and things. And with season two, I've been leaning into this because A, I'm always hungry and B, everyone loves food. So Amelia Rose, what would your last meal be? What From the entree to, you know, the dessert, what drink, what would that kind of look like for you? All right. So I would say that I would have like small bowls of like each thing so that it would create a whole meal, but it really does not go together. Um, <laughs> like a smorgasbord yes. of a bunch of stuff. Yes, exactly. So I would have homemade macaroni and cheese because that's just Ooh. amazing. That's also nostalgic. Do you, do you put like the breadcrumbs on top of it too or just no? No, just like in the pot. I don't like, 
I don't, I don't dislike, like, who can dislike any form of macaroni and cheese, but I don't love the, like, baked with the breadcrumbs. I love, mm-hmm. like, in the pot. You like the creaminess, yes, the, creamy the gooeyness. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, and I would probably have, with that, I would have a little tiny hamburger because I want to eat a hamburger, but I don't want to be overly stuffed. Um, like a slider, maybe. Yes. Yes. That would be perfect. But like make it up like a little hamburger, like pickles and lettuce and tomato. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it has the works. It's just like miniature I'd be like then. the cutest thing ever. But yeah, I would do that. I would also do Five Guys Cajun fries. They're really, Ooh, really good. Okay. I love those. Hashtag not a sponsor no, yet. No, but Five Guys, hello. Um and okay that would probably be my meal because i can't think of anything else and it's gonna take me too long but that that would be satisfactory and then for a drink i would probably have a glass of pina grigio because i love that and then for dessert i would have a small bowl of strawberry ice cream because that is something that i love and is also nostalgic and a small bowl of rice pudding because i've always loved that people think i'm weird but it's delicious i love how you're able to tie it back to nostalgia and things like that with the strawberry <laughs> ice cream that's phenomenal and hey i'm totally on board with you rice pudding is really good to me it just tastes like really really good vanilla pudding which is a little bit of texture which is mm-hmm. hey that's awesome. So people look down on that because they're like, oh, that's like old people food. I'm like, hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. It's actually awesome, yeah, right? Seriously. I love that menu that you kind of created. Maybe one day I'll replicate this. I feel like that'll be kind of fun, right? Maybe I should do that on my like Instagram where I try to recreate everyone's last meal and be like, hey, I'm having the Amelia Rose's last meal and kind of document how I think about it. I think that might be something I do. I feel like that'll be tons of fun. I'll make sure to tag you and just be like, hey, thumbs up. I think this was great. Or I'll be like, uh, all good foods, but together, I'm not sure. Now I got a tummy ache. I'll let you know. <laughs> that would actually be like so cool for you to do. That would be like awesome. Cause I know, you know, you've had, do you ask this question? I'm pretty sure you asked this question at the end of everyone. So you have quite a bit of food to go off of. I think this is going to be fun because one of the most stressful things to me is just figuring out, oh, what am I having for dinner tonight? Like, what, what, what do I got to <laughs> cook now? But now I could just listen back to the episode and be like, all right, let's see what Tina said her last meal will be. Let's see what Amelia Rose said her last meal was going to. All right, let's let's take a little bit of this and that. I feel like that'd be awesome. I might gain a couple LBs, but I mean, the pandemic has already done that for <laughs> me. So I feel like, hey, what do I have to lose? Might as well go for it. But phenomenal taste. But I'm sure a lot of the listeners I've been listening are like, wow, this Mila Rose person is pretty awesome. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast and where we could find you and things? Yeah. So my podcast, again, is called Say La Me. It is a lifestyle podcast. I talk about my life. I talk about different. I feel like each episode revolves around kind of a topic that I've been thinking about during the week. Um, sometimes it's an advice topic. Sometimes it's just me talking about a certain concept. But yeah, they're a little on the shorter side, about 20 to 30 minutes. But but yeah, it's called Say La Me, and I also do listener Q&As. I do unpopular opinion episodes. I tell you all stories if you send them to me. So if you want to be able to find all of that, all of the links to different listening platforms, to my Pinterest, my Discord, whatever, uh, all of those are on my website at saylamipodcast.com. Absolutely get a huge endorsement. I know I say this all the time, but Saylami is in my regular rotation of podcasts. So I definitely recommend just giving it a listen because, well, for me, I know we're kind of talking about traits that are nostalgic, right? For me, anytime I say anything overtly wholesome, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like Amelia. That that kind of makes sense. That's about on track. And then I know <laughs> there's one little inside joke where I put, I, I love Eric Andre and he had a little bit where he's like, 
C'est la vie. And I'm like, oh my God, that reminds me of C'est la vie, obviously the name of your podcast. And I remember I sent it over to you immediately. I was like, this is hilarious. I don't know how this would impact you or what you think about, but to me, it reminded me of you. So it's great. But no, 100%. (laughs) Her podcast is phenomenal to listen to. And like I said, it's a really, really easy listen. It's like you're honestly just hanging out with a friend that is telling you about some things on your mind. And it also makes you think about specific things, too. So definitely recommend it. And one thing I always like to do to end the podcast is just kind of ask you, Amelia, what are some final life advice that you have for the listeners? It doesn't even have to tie back to nostalgia or anything like that. But what does some Amelia Rose life advice sound like? Think before you speak and find the good in your situation and be grateful for the things you have and always constantly if you are not happy with your life it's on you like work to make a better life I know that's a little bit of tough love at the end but yeah just you're in control of your life and so go ahead and have control of it so definitely think before you speak and hey be the change that you want to see in the world don't just sit idly by capture life by the horns and say hey I don't like this so I'm going to make the change so by the great words of Amelia and hey definitely check out our podcast I'm going to have all the description and stuff in the link of the show and stuff like that so definitely give that a follow and hey everyone that's listening how about you think about the question what is nostalgia so it's your turn to think about the question What does it all mean to you? Don't be afraid to really dive deep and ponder the question. Until next time.